Hi, Jen. Hi. Good afternoon. Good to see you. How you doing? Pretty good. Pregnancy is hitting me a little bit much today, but that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Just about every day. Um, everyone, welcome back, Jen. Can you believe we've made it four episodes? No, I'm impressed. We've been very consistent. I know. And um, I'm excited that our sound quality is now consistent as well. <laughs> yeah, the sound engineer almost lost her job. <laughs> she, 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 uh, Made it with the skin of her teeth. I can't, I, my brain doesn't work during pregnancy. No. You know, like, I, I can't think of any, like, idioms. I'm like, you know, the skin of your something, skin of your teeth. Well, we're also recording this in the afternoon, neither of us. Yeah, we, like, start tanking yes. around 2 o'clock, I feel like. Yes. 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock after lunch. It's just downhill. Yeah. Yeah, pregnancy is not. But um, I'm sure that pumps everyone up to listen to this. I know. Up. Yay! <laughs> No, we are coming with lots of energy um, and an exciting topic. It's my um, favorite topic. Yeah, this is Jen. We'll tell our stories um, in a minute after we do our highs and lows, but Jen is better experience, I guess. I don't know if better is, but like, this is very um, More refle- reflective of our personalities. We're like, I just quit, <laughs> quit my job and was like, oh, shit. And, and then I had a three year plan. Jen had a three year plan. <laughs> Which is why we go so well together. It, yes. it just works. Anyway, what's your high for the week, Jen? My or high. Or do we start with low? I don't know if we let's start with low. I always like to start with low because then you go high. Okay. All right. Well, my low for the week um, is that I just started researching infant childcare costs <laughs> and forgot how ridiculously expensive it is. It is so expensive. Now that we have moved on to the next phase, we're like still in between moves, but we're at least out of the Airbnb. I'm like starting to process some next steps in life mm-hmm. and you have to get on daycare lists and whatnot right, so, right, early. so early. I think I'm already behind the ball because I'm halfway through pregnancy. Well, whatever. I've got a couple of weeks left and I'm not, yeah, that's a lie and I'm, I'm there, but only, only because it accidentally fell into place, yeah. not because... Um, so I started researching the childcare costs and it is so overwhelming. It will like make you choke. <laughs> yes. And I keep reminding myself that it's for four years, mm-hmm. which is good, but still daunting. I think the weird part about like becoming a parent, pregnancy, all this, it's like, you think about these chunks and like, they are just kind of like what used to feel like six months. It's like, oh, it's for four years. Right. Isn't it weird? Like, I don't know. I, I found myself like more like with pregnancy. People are like, it doesn't last long. I'm like, it's kind of a year of your life. Like, right. Newborn phase or like, you know, infant phase, kind of a year. Like, yes. and so it's like you go through this like two year process and it's just like, it does go by fast. It does. But it's still two years. Yes. And then the other piece to it that I think makes it tricky is it's a blessing and a curse that we own our own business. Of course. Because we technically can do anything we want. Mm-hmm. It's not like we work for a corporation. We have to be in an office five days a week. So the baby has to go to school five days a week or whatever it may be. Um, So that just makes it trickier. Yeah. I think like, well, we should do an episode about this, like when we're both more into it, I guess, or like have it more figured out. Um, But we were talking about like, are we going to do both kids in school full time? Are we going to like, could we swing it where we do them in school part time? I don't know. Jen was like. A mad woman where she was just like <laughs> super efficient and and did it with like worked basically full time with Emmy and daycare two days a week. Yes, when she was young, 
I did not. <laughs> I put Teddy in full time immediately. But I was also exhausted. Yes. Which the exhaustion also you like have shorter exhaustion caps now because like you don't have as much energy to expend with right. a toddler in tow as well. So Jesse has taught me to slow down a bit. I so. have. Because then you you can't you're not helping anyone if you burn out. I know. You know, you gotta yeah. just like take a breath, so. have a drink, put your feet up. I literally made Jen put her feet up a minute ago. You did. <laughs> so, anyways, that's my low for the week. Uh, you can find my GoFundMe at. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Shout out to the end, Jen. <laughs> Okay. Venmo at Jen. Okay, well, I have Colin link my GoFundMe in the show notes. <laughs> oh my God, GoFundMe. <laughs> no, I got a fund oh, no, number fund, two. Yeah, you have to fund number two, right? Emmy's funded. Emmy's funded. Um, She'll have a job by the time she's three. <laughs> She'll probably be trying to sell me something. Actually, and then I promise we'll get back on track. She sells ice cream out of her toy ice cream kit. <laughs> And she is so my daughter. When she sells two scoops, it's $5. And sometimes she won't even ask what you want. She'll just stack all the scoops and try and charge you 20 <laughs> I love it. Teddy oh. would just give it away. No, no. She upcharges. Oh, man. Anyways, what's your low for the week? Um, My low is... I have officially reached, I've probably said this multiple times. Yeah, it's just like the birthday. <laughs> birthday and pregnancy. I just can't let it go. Uh, I've officially reached that that time in pregnancy where it's just like everything's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I can't sit. I can't lay. I can't sleep. I can't. What's amazing is you look fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you. Not, not, it's by magic. Not by any You don't look like, uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable. That I know because you tell me all the time. Because I tell you incessantly yes, but you don't look like um that. yeah i like grunt every time i like sit or stand or do anything it's just i'm 34 weeks this week and it feels like i'm like remembering those last six weeks or so my best friend just had a baby girl and around 34 weeks she was like yeah i feel like i'm like 45 weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's tough it's tough yeah. um so that's that's my love it's like and it just I don't know. He feels bigger this time. Like, and well, you, you stretch faster. I guess so. Yeah. And it's so maybe just, it's that. Yeah. And like, he's like kicking my ribs. Teddy, oops, dropped a pen. Sorry. Um, Teddy didn't really kick my ribs much. Like he didn't really, he was very active, but he didn't, this kid is like, well, if this kid's more active than Teddy, I know. I'm slightly concerned. Pray for me. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I just like I pee like 74 times a day. It's yeah. just all the things. And I'm just about ready to get this baby baby. Well, my friend went in the 38th week. So I maybe know. you've got four weeks. I know. That's that's my like your that friend. That would be on our plan. <laughs> your friend is giving me um <laughs> Jen's like, it's on the plan. The baby can't come over that. Uh your friend's giving me a lot of hope that yeah. it will come at 38. Otherwise, I'm inducing at 39 again. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's my law. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, and my high. Oh, your high. What's your high? I'm sorry. My high for the week is uh, Emmy going back to school. Yeah. I'm really excited for her. It was a little sad to send her back to school. Mm-hmm. First day drop-offs are rough. Well, we've had her home with us the last totally. 18 it's months. Not, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, our, we had a nanny who was helping us, but we got to see her throughout the day. Totally. 
and we spend a ton of time with her. Yeah. Matt and I are both fortunate to where we'll kind of like juggle meetings so we can see her throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, I think it's going to be really great for her socializing. Yeah, totally. She can start putting her staff together for the ice cream shop. Yeah, exactly. It amazes me how the little kids, because they don't know anything else, are completely unfazed wearing a mask to school. They're totally, it like doesn't, doesn't bother, bother them. It's yeah. so funny because like, you know, right. anti-maskers are like, the kids, the poor kids. And it's like, they she does do not, not care. care. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> they like, the only thing is Teddy like chews on his mask sometimes and it's kind of disgusting because I'm like, no, your mask is wet. That's gross. But. So I got her these great masks. Uh, Paige Lauren is the brand. Okay. And we'll link them in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. We, we'll make a note of it to link them in the show notes. Paige Lauren is the brand. They make these really soft, uh, nice masks. And so I, I got her those for school and she was super pumped. Oh, I got to try those. That's yeah. what I wear. Oh. They, they sent me a pack, and I love them so much, I bought them for everybody. Oh, there you go. I got to buy some, too. I actually, he needs more. I just got some really cheap Amazon ones, and they haven't held up well. Mm. Paige Lauren. How, what about your high? Um, what happened with high? your birthday this week? <laughs> Nothing happened. With, my birthday is <laughs> over. It's August. We can kill my birthday. Um, what's my high? I had something that I was just telling you about. Um, oh, I know what my high is. My high is that, so my sister-in-law and brother-in-law um, and nephew came this weekend and it forced me to clean my house, ah. like organize, get everything like out of, it was just a wreck because like we were in the middle of unpacking, honestly, like still, you know, getting the baby's room ready and everything. And so it's not perfect, but <laughs> it's getting like, there. it got, it was a huge leap to get everything where it's supposed to be put things in the basement our basement flooded so we had to take everything out of the basement for a while it was just like everything was everywhere and so i got so much in order clothes are put away like it's it feels a lot more organized so that's trying to trying to keep it that way until baby comes we'll see if that works <laughs> um but yeah that's that's my high is that my house has been like pretty clean for the last week so i'm pr- and by week i mean since friday <laughs> It's about a half so, a week. Yeah, you know, there you go. it's progress. Yeah. I made my bed two days in a row because I was right. like, you know, felt clean. It just felt like my house was like so neat. And I was like, oh, I should make my bed. I want to drop Matt off here for a week. And oh see my God, how Matt would run. <laughs> so for the people listening, anytime we have more than like three dishes in the sink, Matt will be like, what, what is this, a frat house? <laughs> we got to keep it clean in here. So it just makes me giggle. Their I'm, house looks like it's um we call it museum status. Yeah, like museum or like a like ready for a walkthrough at any point. Mm-hmm. Like a showing, like a real estate showing. But people are allowed to live in it while they're there. You know what I mean? Like I feel like our house is one of those homes where you can come over and yeah, kids yeah, yeah. play easily and stuff. Yeah, totally. We don't act like it's no, a museum. It's, yeah, it's not but like, at the end of the day it has to go yeah, back to museum status. Exactly. It's not, it, it definitely doesn't feel like I'm tiptoeing when I'm at your house, but it's just funny because like Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm like, where do you put all the things? <laughs> Spills and whatnot are completely fine. Yeah. But at the end of the day, counters must be clean. Things yep. back in the cabinets. We are not at museum status, but. No. Kyle says I say museum really weirdly. Do I? You say it a little different, but. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I'm, just, I don't, a, I'm I don't, just a Midwestern girl. What do I know? I don't hear it. And so it's like every time I say it, he's like, what are you talking about? Huh. Huh. Anyway. So the topic this week. Why you should start your freelance business as a side hustle first. Jen, I think this is one of your favorite topics. 
It is. I'm very opinionated on the topic. Uh, I feel very strongly that people start their business as a side hustle first, because I think when you quit your job and just jump into it, most of the time or a lot of the time, you're so focused on making money Mm -hmm. that you can build your business incorrectly. Totally. Because you got to hustle to get the paycheck and pay your bills and And whatnot. We see that often. Yes. Um, Let's give them a little bit, bit of background. <laughs> I, when I decided to like start freelancing before we started the marketing greenhouse, I was at a job that was just like very stressful. Honestly, like the work of three people, it was, it was a lot. And I also had, when I started the job, Teddy was three months old. It was just like insane. My life was insane for that period. And so when I decided to leave, it was just like, not like I gave two weeks notice and everything, but I was just like, I'm done. I got to go. I got to like, I don't even have the headspace to figure out what's next while I'm here. Um, And so I just quit. <laughs> that's funny. It's funny because that's when I called Jen and was like, hey, can you let me know what to do? I just quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> We were not like friends at this point. <laughs> Which is also funny because I feel like I have a lot of people who do that to me. Yeah. People I, just quit their jobs and then not necessarily quit their jobs, but whenever someone's like, "I think I'm going to quit," I always get a phone call. I think it's because you did it so well. You wrote about it a lot on your blog, and you did it. And it from the inside, it felt like a hot mess. Express. It but. always feels like a hot mess on the inside, <laughs> but but you know what I mean. You did you did time it out well, and I think that that I don't know. That's why that's why people call you. Um, but yeah, I just like jump ship and luckily got like four clients but like you said i was you building figured it out fast yes i got very i got very lucky that i had like one client who's still a good friend and like she introduced me to two other people who introduced me to another person and it was like bam 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 i had four clients which was great like i basically just wanted like in two months to get enough clients to um like make up my salary, <laughs> um, which like before taxes, but still I was just mm-hmm. like, if I can do that and which was basically going back to paying for daycare, you know right. what I mean? I was like, I just need to like, you know, get that in there. So um, yeah. And then I called you, but like you were saying, what happened is that I was building something that I didn't know what it was. Like, it was just like, okay, you need me to do this? Sure, I'll do it for that money. Like, I don't care. I, You know what I mean? I just, I just wanted the income. Yeah. And ended up building something that like, I hated. Well, then people get to a place where it's like, either, oh, you only do this, right? And you're like, well, no, I can do all these different things. Totally. Or what is it that you do? Because you do so many different Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Um, So tell the people what you did. So... Financially, it worked out just fine, but it was kind of a, you know, I'm a brand marketer at heart and my branding approach was less than best in class. (laughs) Um, So I started, um, I knew I wanted to leave my corporate career about two and a half, three years before it happened. Um. So I started slowly figuring out how much time could I dedicate each week, which, you know, I didn't have kids at the time. That makes a very big difference, Um, which initially was like 10 to 20 hours a week Mm -hmm. that I would carve out over my lunch breaks and in the evenings and one day on the weekends. (laughs) 
Um, also another huge thing when you don't have kids like being able to carve out time on the weekends i feel like that's something i really miss yeah um like as a parent there's nap time but you need to recharge yeah exactly you're just like wiped by nap time yeah um so i started working in those chunks of time to just test and learn and play around with Mm -hmm. things and i this is where my non-expertise comes in in terms of building the right brand I initially was very focused on the wedding industry and kind of I let it unfold organically mm-hmm. and I let people tell me what they wanted versus trying to sell a service mm-hmm. per se. And that worked very well in the sense that I learned a lot about myself and what I wanted to offer, mm-hmm. but it was very uncomfortable as someone who, um, I mean, someone who just loves to have a plan and totally. You know, has when you have such a you know strong career background, mm-hmm. and you automatically pivot to something that's just all loosey goosey, it yeah. is so uncomfortable. Yeah, um, but especially I, like such a strong corporate career, you know, like they're like yeah, I was like totally always paths and yeah, like I was like and, on the right path yep. and checking all the milestones and winning the awards. You're supposed, yeah. you know, all those things, and then all of a sudden there are no awards when you're working by yourself. <laughs> Catch yourself on the back. Yeah. No one knows what the heck you're talking about at first. Um, But you really learn to trust yourself. My big thing was, there's a couple things. One is a year and a half before I went full time, Mm -hmm. we started living off half my salary. Okay. So half my salary would just go to savings Mm -hmm. because the thought process was if we can't do it now, I can just change the distribution. Right. <laughs> the money is still there. Totally. Um, and if we can, then great. I know how much money I need to make. Okay. I have a hard question for you. Yes. This is something that I think is often not addressed enough in like when, when people talk about entrepreneurship and starting your own business, there's obviously huge privilege in having a dual income household. Yes. Um, and I think that like, I think there's ways to solve for it though, but yeah. So that's, that's kind of the question I'm going to ask you because it's not like, you know, neither one of us were like, I'm going to jump ship and just play around and whatever. Like, you know, we were both like, okay, yes. Like, but, but at the same time we still had a safety net. It's not like we were just going to not work for four years and float and like, just, you know, had time to figure out whatever. It wasn't that like easy breezy, but at the same time, we also knew that like, our mortgages were going to be paid, you know? And so I think that there's yeah. huge privilege. And I think that that's something that's not addressed enough. Um, when people talk about like, quit your job, just go crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, but also like, so I'm wondering if you have any, because I know you also think through things practically and probably would have done this even on your own, like without a dual income. Yeah. So um, yes, I did. <laughs> and there's a couple pieces of advice that I always give to people before they start. I actually care more about the financials when someone is starting a business mm-hmm. versus the idea necessarily, right. because the idea is going to continue to morph and change no right. matter what you've come up with. But um, I think it's important what I call your oh shit button. W- what's the button you hit where you're like, this is not working. Mm-hmm. I need a job now. I only have X amount of dollars left in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, I always ask new business owners, what is that threshold for you? Mm-hmm. I think it's important to have stage gates in place. Um, 
I also think it's very important to have six months of savings mm-hmm. in the bank and just understand your runways. So when you say six months of savings, so that you can live for six months without anything that yes, without, without income. Right. Okay. Um, and this is also why I think it's important to start your business as a side hustle, because if you do that, you understand how you're making money. Right. And if you like doing that, mm-hmm. you also start to understand how fast your products sell or how easy is it to get clients. Because if you have a slow month, you won't necessarily hit the panic button right away. Totally. Um, so when I first launched, like when I went full time from side hustle to actually going full time, I had a cushion that I had saved up of 20 grand Mm -hmm. that would carry me like carry my quote unquote salary for several months. And that's because you had like been working overtime beyond overtime. Yeah. Because you're either going to, yeah, you'll either sacrifice your time or your money. Right. And at that time I preferred to sacrifice my time. Mm Mm-hmm. Versus money. I was going to say, and also I think that that's like another thing that people think like, oh, okay, I'll save up for six months and then quit my job. And sometimes I think that you're a great example of like, no, sometimes it's years. Like yeah. it's not just going to be this like overnight I can jump in. Yeah. It was you know. a solid 18 month plan. Yeah. I mean, that's, so it's a long time, but it's also like a commitment that you know that yeah during that time you've like written it out and you know that that's exactly what you want to do, which is great. And even after that 18 months, it was still really scary doing it. Yeah, totally. I mean, like you have, you had a good job. Like that was like, it's not like you were just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I think about it every Friday when my paycheck doesn't come. So true. When when we don't uh, have health insurance and everything else (laughs) we do, but through our, (laughs) I'm just teasing, but yes. Um, so I think we've kind of made this like list of bullet points of like things that we think that are important to look out for or why, why we think it's important to start as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. My number one thing is like, make, you have to make sure you like what you're doing. I think a lot of times we talk to people in like consulting calls or whatever, and they want to start a business or they want to start X business or Y business. And it's kind of like why, and you realize they just have no clue what they're getting into. Like, and that is a scary place because if you jump and you jump into a business and then you realize like six months in, like, oh, I hate all of this, mm-hmm. then you've kind of like wasted a lot of time, wasted a lot of money, maybe lost a job in the process <laughs> and you hate what you're doing. And you that's know? why if you started as a side hustle, you can pivot as much as you want. Yeah. I think one of the things I learned when I was jumping um, was... I was doing a lot of like execution for social um, and thought like, okay, I could totally do this, which I could, but Mm -hmm. um, took on a couple of clients doing their, like running their whole social accounts. And um, it's not what I wanted to do. I mean, it was like so soul sucking for me. And Jen and I at this point are kind of like, we hate execute. We've both decided we don't like executing, you know, we like the strategy. Um, but but the nitty gritty, like we have. It's hard team to grow because execution is so hands on. Right, exactly. It's it's you're so in it that yeah, you can't grow a business. Um, and so that was like a huge learning curve for me. <laughs> oh my god, no, I don't want to do this. You know, so I had these four clients where I was doing execution, and I was like, I, 
how did I get here? You know? Right. She and I have this joke where we're like, what have we built <laughs> on hard days? <laughs> um, and that's how I felt. I was like, what have I built? And again, if I had started something more of a side hustle, I might've been like, oh, wait, that's not exactly what I want to do. But it's not that it was, like Jen said, it's just always pivoting, I think. So mm-hmm. it was more like I wanted to do strategy. Like I wanted to, you know, advise people on like how to do it or, you know, now again, we have someone that does execution mm-hmm. um, because it is a huge need, but it's just interesting how, you know, you jump into something sometimes and you're like, oh, I thought this was going to be so much more fun and it's not. Right. Or like so much more like rewarding or interesting. And it's just like, oh, just like in the weeds with it. Right. Um, um, one of my tips is starting as a side hustle because the amount of administrative work off the bat mm-hmm. And kind of forever, but definitely when you get started is just off the charts mm-hmm. that you're spending so much time getting things set up, whether you're starting it as an LLC or getting business insurance or whatever it right. may be, that you underestimate the amount of time it takes to get everything in place. And that takes away yes. from actually building the business and making revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the admin work is especially at the beginning. And and it's also expensive. I think that's another thing, you know, to get everything set up and sure there are fees every year, but that beginning, like getting it all set in place is, is very expensive and all, yeah, very time consuming. And it's just like, oh you my God. You feel like an intern for a while. Yeah, you do. <laughs> are we still, I still, I still feel like we feel like interns sometimes. <laughs> um, this is a good one for you, Jen, talking about validating your idea and like making sure you have a viable business. I think that this is like, so often people think like, oh, you know, I saw someone making a ton of money doing this or whatever it was. And like, haven't like thought through the actual like business plan or or strategy. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you want to speak to that. Yeah, I can give the example of what I initially set out to do. So I had this brilliant idea and I hope someone listening steals it and actually makes it happen. So my idea was, you know, when you're wedding planning, it's overwhelming to find all of the vendors. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to provide this concierge service where you tell me a little bit about your style and your budget and where you're getting married. And then you get matched with like three florists. Mm Mm-hmm. It sounds, I think it sounds great in theory, Um, but it was so time consuming to try and build that it was just absolutely impossible to get it off the ground without it being really high touch or trying to like pitch for VC dollars to turn it into an app. And it got complicated really quickly. Mm And there's just huge competition in that space. Huge competition. The Knot came out with something like that the same year I started working on it. And that th- it was before Wedding Wire did it. Oh, okay. Um, so that's validation that it was a good idea. Yeah. And I remember Matt saying to me, like, I just, I don't get it. And I was like, oh, my God, he doesn't believe in me. <laughs> um, and at the time, I was so crushed because I thought to myself, like, if I can't figure this out now, like, I'm never going to figure anything out. Mm-hmm. But it's important to pay attention to when people understand what you're doing, when you first start to explain what you're up to, I think it's always uncomfortable because people put you in a box. Right. They're used to 
the woman who did corporate marketing for 10 years. Yeah. And they're also more like, oh, you're not an accountant or like, right. you're not, you know, like if you don't have like a normal role, people are like, huh, what do you, what do you mean? Like, right. And then I think it's important to pay attention to how they receive your idea and the feedback that you get mm -hmm. in return. Because when people are confused across the board, <laughs> it's not a good sign. <laughs> it's, it's not a great sign. And you have to take that into account. We also see um, business owners sometimes, which just breaks our heart, that are so committed. They have so much conviction in what they have built and what they're selling that they won't listen to their consumers. Mm -hmm. And when something doesn't sell, yeah, they won't pivot. They like double down. They double down. And it's like, I'm, I think it's great that you have so much conviction. Yeah. But if it's not selling, you're never going to make any money. Right. I think it's, that's a, a bit of like the shark tank of it all of like, you know, people are just like, if you work hard, if you, it's like, yeah. yes, but there's right. also a little bit more to it where there's like, if it's not selling, it's not selling yes, for a and reason. And it has to align with the marketplace exactly. at the right time or the ideal consumer need or the fundraising you need behind it to yes. bring the consumer need to life. Exactly. So I think when you hit that point in the road, you have one of two choices. We actually, we had this uh, with someone who we worked with where they spelled their brand name in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. And we had talked about, okay, if you're going to spell your name this way, you can either re-educate the world mm -hmm. on how to find you, particularly with SEO optimization and whatnot, or you can pivot. Yeah. Everything's just choices, but you have to you have to know when to pivot or at least when you're uncomfortable enough to where you're ready to make a few tweaks. Okay. So let's now talk about figuring out what kind of clients you want to work with. Um, I think this is a big one. We, I, I think because we both had um, experience with this on the freelance side, um, we figured out quickly what it what makes sense for us and, and clients that click with us. And now at this point, and honestly, I think save the one client we fired, but we'll talk about that on another episode. We've done a really great job um, finding clients that we just click with, that mm -hmm. that work really well with us, that we work with well, um, and that feel easy. Um, so I think that that's really important because a bad client can be very draining. Yes. Um, <laughs> you need, like you were saying before, you need your energy and you can get so drained by working with the wrong people. Yeah. I mean, when you're working with clients that drain your energy or are giving you so much feedback to where it feels like you're consistently missing yeah. the mark, it doesn't feel good on either end of the relationship. And it's important, I think, to when you start working with someone to manage expectations, which comes through with a clear scope mm -hmm. and you know everything we've talked about in terms of that, but then also checking in to see how they're feeling yeah. and know that you won't be able to make everyone happy. Yep. And if you come across someone where you're just not going to get that, you will not make them happy or that, you know, they'll never give you the pat on the back or appreciate your work the mm -hmm. way that you're you would like finish your scope out and you can always move on to the next project. And I would say oftentimes you find that even before you sign them. So don't, if you get a bad feeling, don't yeah. sign them. Just understand we've learned that, you, that one the hard way. We've learned that one the hard way. 
um, understand that you can walk away. And I always think it's a great idea to have like backup people that you can always refer out to. Yes. You know, if it's just not clicking for you, if it's not a good fit, if they're complaining about price, it's always great to have like a second round of people that do the similar um, things that you do and be able to refer them because it's just not going to work with everyone. Um, like you said, with the scopes, I think that's a big thing you learn quickly too, is to really outline your scopes very clearly and also like get very, very specific with exactly what everything entails. <laughs> I think that everyone in freelance work gets burned once with like 14 rounds of edits yes. and you're like, wait a minute, I did like, you scoped out thinking that they'd have like one round of feedback and then all of a sudden you're 14 hours into a project and you're like, well, this was supposed to be a four hour project. Yeah. <laughs> um, so try not to get burned that way. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is also a good segue into the next one for us, which is figuring out your strengths and weaknesses. This one was luckily so easy for us. Not so easy, but pretty easy. People often ask us like, how'd you guys find each other? How'd you find such a perfect business partner? And I'm like, honestly, dumb luck. I don't know. We did something right. Good karma because I think we fell into each other's lap and it was like yin and yang. Like I, yeah, it, it's, it, we just work our, like we both have such opposite strengths and weaknesses. Um, and because of that are able to run, <laughs> really run with them and make it work really seamlessly. I honestly think part of the reason it clicked so quickly is because we launched over the pandemic, which was a hundred percent over zoom. Yeah. And we worked, I think we worked in person like three or four times before we had to shut down and, and then we had shut down and we were working virtually for nine months it's not longer yeah yeah probably about nine months because i think we worked a little bit together over the holidays but then again it was back into lockdown yeah i don't during the winter i can't quite remember when we got together like we worked together over the holidays for a client mm -hmm. masked up yep but i can't quite remember when we actually sat down at a table together and worked so meaning every interaction we had was through a video screen mm -hmm. and we had to get honest really quickly of like, what's working? What's not yeah. working? This is giving me a headache. Mm -hmm. I, I always say this. One of Jesse's best qualities is that she takes feedback extremely well. <laughs> like, you know, most people, when you're working with someone who honestly has become like a best friend. You get nervous when you're like, oh my God, you're driving me crazy, but I have to tell you you're driving me crazy because we have talked about these things. And I can say anything to Jesse and she's like, okay, that's fine. Like, we can fix it. You have to tell me these things. I'm I'm very aware that I'm, I yeah. can be annoying. And Jesse's also great at poking right back. <laughs> um, I don't like things to simmer. I'm like no. a cancer. I like, I like all the emotions out on the floor. I want it clear so that we can address it and like move past it. I don't like things to yeah. like, I don't but I like think that's you. how we figured out strengths and weaknesses so quickly too. So that's why I think it's important to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Yeah. Just make sure. And, and even personally, I know not everyone has like a business partner. Obviously I think it's very yeah. important with a business partner. Um, because then also like there's a third part, there's strengths, weaknesses, and then there are things we both hate. Right. So like we or outsource can't, those or can't, or can't do. do. Right. That's so we time. outsource those. Yeah. 
Um, but I and think that is, that's important. Like if I was working by myself, mm-hmm. I would not be running QuickBooks. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I also think it's important to own your weaknesses. Yep. Because if you don't and you try and yes. fake it till you make it, you may end up losing some clients. Totally. I think that one of the bit, like I heard, I don't know, someone said this once, like people spend way too much time trying to like fix their weaknesses instead of leaning into their strengths. And yes. I 100% agree with that. Like, and I actually think Jen, you're really good at this. You're always like, stop trying to do that. Like you don't need to like, just, no, I'll do this and you do this. Like stop, you know, I'm always like, no, 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 it's fine. I can update do it. QuickBooks. Yeah, update like, QuickBooks. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> just do it, do your do what you do. And then I'll I do also what I don't do. design Instagram threads. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it would look very much like clip art if it were <laughs> um so the next thing is set goals and milestones. You talked about this with um would you uh, your gates stage gates. Your stage gates. You love a stage gate and every every part of business. So I just think it's very important to outline, not to sound too business nerdy, but your quantitative and your qualitative goals, Mm -hmm. because owning your own business, no matter how you structure it, is very emotional. Mm -hmm. It's you. It doesn't matter if you have a business partner or not. It doesn't matter what the brand is. The business is you Mm -hmm. when you're starting out. And if you can outline your goals very clearly, it starts to take the emotion out of it so you can make clean and clear decisions. I also love the idea of quantitative and qualitative because it gets so hard sometimes when you're so caught in numbers Mm -hmm. and you know, anyone who's ever run any sort of business understands that like, it's such an ebb and flow sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you can't always, you you can project that a month is going to be great. And then it sucks. You know, like this summer, I know like a lot of people have felt and our clients have felt like it's been a slower than expected summer. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year was, not as slow as some people expected. <laughs> some people's businesses did really well after they thought it, they were not going to do well. And so I think that when you have um, both like the numbers and also your other goals, then you're able to like feel good about things when you reach them, even if you're not, your numbers are not exactly where they, you want them to be this month. I mean, obviously it's great when they both align, right? but um, it's nice to have both. I also think it helps to, particularly with the qualitative goals, like more of the things you hope to achieve or Mm -hmm. accolades you want or press you're looking to get, because as you start to build your business, you will so quickly become focused on the next goal that we often don't celebrate the small wins along the way. And therefore you end up feeling like you haven't done anything. Exactly. And it's very hard to not compare yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. You know, we, people always talk about focus on yourself, avoid the comparison game. It's nearly impossible to to avoid it a hundred percent of the time. And when you have your qualitative goals written down, it reminds you to celebrate those wins along the way. Yeah. I think that's a really good, really good advice. A really good advice, a really <laughs> good piece of advice. Um, getting feedback from clients. This is another one that um, I feel like you taught me and has been super helpful. It used to make me uncomfortable. It, it's, it is. I think it's still uncomfortable, honestly, yeah. because it's just like, 
Now I love it because I'd rather hear it early. No, I agree. And, and I think that that's – you do it early and often too. And I think that that's really smart. Um, it, it's it's like going into your like 360 feedback review in corporate. Yes. You're just like no matter how good your year was, you're like, well, this is it. I'm getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always just like so yeah. scary. Um, and I think that it's one of the things you taught me like to just constantly check in with people because – so often you don't realize like there are flags that people are like uncomfortable with something or something's not going the way that you thought it was, or you thought everything was peachy and your client's like, actually, and it's not that they're like ready to fire you, but it's, if you hadn't asked them, then it might've like snowballed into something bigger. Well, and I think we almost run into this more often because we work with so many small businesses Mm -hmm. that their priorities are really specific to their business. Mm -hmm. And unless you're in their shoes, right? You don't know. You don't know. And they don't have someone in another department to flag X, Y, or Z for you, or like if they had another meeting and you weren't in it, um, which again often happens in small businesses because it's often a bunch of contractors and they forget to relay the information back to you. Then it's you just completely miss it. Yes. Um. So yeah, I think that that was a great one. I feel like you check in. We check in monthly at this point and just make sure like. Is everything going okay? How's communication? I think that's a big one. Yes. Um, really understanding communication styles uh, with clients. And yeah, especially if you're in some type of a consultant type role. Yep. Um, because some people are like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm just like not, you, you think you're communicating really well. And then they, they're they like, yeah, I just feel like I don't hear from you much. And you're like, wait, really? <laughs> like, I, you know, and then there are some people that are like, yeah, I don't need to hear from you like every day. Like, you know, yeah. give me an update I, monthly. I always try and pay attention to clients. And the second it feels off, mm-hmm. I reach out like, how's it going? Yeah. Before Which we I think get is into great. something strange. And yes. because again, often it's, it's not like some big buzzer went off in their head and they're like, these people suck, you know, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's just these small, like, oh, I would, I am feeling like I haven't gotten enough insights on like our work or I haven't gotten enough feedback from you, whatever it is. And you're like, okay, great. And you can like nip that problem in the butt before you, um, before it becomes bigger. To bring it back to the scope. If for some reason they're like, no, I'm really happy with the work. I just thought I was going to get 10 rounds of revision. (laughs) Right. You can always very kindly bring them back to the scope of work and say, oh, I'm sorry. That was a misunderstanding. As we outlined in the scope, Mm -hmm. it's typically two. Which is why you always have a scope, which is why you always sign this contract and and make sure that you're on the same page. Yes. Um, And our last tip, probably my favorite being the finance one, (laughs) um, which would actually make my parents laugh because my parents work in the finance industry. And I always was like a terrible student when it came to accounting and whatnot. (laughs) But our last tip is building up an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. So To me, this goes along with goals and milestones and whatnot, but building up uh, the right emergency fund so that you know, like we talked about before, like what's that oh shit button where Mm -hmm. you need to go look for a job or pay your bills or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Because the worst thing that we see with entrepreneurs is when their back is pushed up against the wall. And then they just start grabbing at any kind of dollars that'll totally. come through the door. It'll drain all your creativity. It'll drain all like everything you have. Well, and, and then it starts to drain your bank account because you're just grasping at straws. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. The the emergency fund is is really smart. And and I think that like like you said, especially when you're single or if you are in a single income household, that's 
I don't know, more important, but potentially more important, depending, you know, how. Yeah. And I will say this, you know, you had asked me about this earlier. If I had launched the business um, and was not married to Matt and I was single at Mm -hmm. the time, I would have made a rule for myself because this is, you know, part of my stage gates, (laughs) but I would have made a rule where if I'm dipping into the emergency fund, I'm updating my resume and starting to apply for jobs. Okay. Because you can't like flip a switch and get a job. It right. Takes, it takes, you know, a while. typically two to three months. Yeah. To get a job and get through the process. So if I have six months of savings, mm-hmm. I'd start interviewing for jobs. You can always, if you get the job and business starts picking up, you can always turn it down yeah. and say that something has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that way you're not completely depleting everything. I was going to say the other thing that I think with that is sometimes like underutilized is, you know, I, I, I know before I was saying that like, love your job. You don't want to like jump into something you hate, which I agree, but also know like what your skills are, like what your hard money making skills are. There are certain things like, I know that no matter what, I could always go back to social media execution and make good money doing it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that for me feels like a safety net because I know that there's a huge demand for it. And I know that I could hustle my way and get however many clients I needed, you know, if everything blew up, (laughs) if you decide to divorce me tomorrow. (laughs) Um, That's funny that Jesse says that because anytime we have to discuss feedback, (laughs) I... Like if I ever have to be like, oh, Jesse, this is bugging me right now or vice versa. <laughs> the conversation always starts with, I want to remind you that this is a marriage <laughs> and is, we're not getting divorced. She, she was like, and you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm committed. <laughs> Which is great for my soft cancer, emotional soul. <laughs> I'm like, I love you too. Jen's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get back to work. Um, but what was I saying? I lost my train of thought now. I'm laughing at you. Um, I don't know. Oh, 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 hard skills. Yes. Always have a skill. Always have some sort of skill. Oh, yeah. That's all. Like, you're saying, like, an oh, shit moment, but also, like, an oh, shit skill where, like, if it's bartending, I know that's, like, a, a tough one this past year. Right. Um, but, you know, I think that that was, like, big for me, and it's something I tell my sister. It's, like, always have something where, like, if shit hits the fan, you can go make some money like right. and decent money, you know, doing whatever it is. And I think that that's really important. Um, so again, like sometimes it takes a while to get a job back, especially like if you've been out of corporate for a minute, like it's, it take it can take some time to like get back in the, in the job market. Um, and so if that's going to take a while and you know, you're dipping into your fund and like, you don't want to be just like depleting an emergency fund with no money coming in, have something you can do. Um, if you, if you can like design websites, if you can copyright it, you know what I mean? Like there are all these smaller skills that you can make decent money off of so that at least you're not just hemorrhaging money, um, while you, while you build your business. Yeah. So those are our pro tips. Yeah. If you, um, I mean, I just say absolutely start a side hustle before you take it full time. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Like you said, I'm very biased to it. Yeah. And, and also like (laughs) figuring out health insurance and all of that, you know, as an entrepreneur is not fun. Like that's a huge, all these benefits. It's not even just your income. It's all the benefits that come with having a full-time job. 
um, that you are running away from when you're yeah, you get to leaving. be the president and the janitor all at once. Yeah, so just make sure that what give it, it a test run before you jump in. Exactly, <laughs> make sure you like scrubbing floors. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today, Jesse. Where can the people find you? The people can find me on Instagram at Jesse B Bernhardt, B E R N H A R D is in dog, T is in Tom. I always feel like at the end I spell that wrong, but that's correct. Um, my blog is jessebarnesbernhardt.com. One day soon, I'll get all these posts that are in my draft up. <laughs> Jesse has like 50 I've... really good posts that are in drafts. That are in drafts. <laughs> um, and I think that's it. I don't know. How about you? Where can they find you, Jen? I am at jen.nay, J-E-N dot N-A-Y-E on Instagram or jenna.com. And you can find The Marketing Greenhouse at The Marketing Greenhouse on Instagram. Yeah. Or you can find us on our website, themarketinggreenhouse.com. Um, shout out to Kelly Etz, who is redoing our site right now. So it'll be fun and fresh and brand new soon. Um, but if you would like to contact us or set up one of our um, 20 minute jumpstart calls where we can talk you through if you're starting a side hustle or, or thinking about making the jump, we can help. And if you really love this episode, go leave us a review, please, on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon.